Welcome to another episode of the Global Cast, where we talk about international topics. In this episode, you will be listening to the interview with Mr. Tangel, a Tabor graduate of the class of 1998. In the interview, Mr. Gal shared his unique Tabor application and boarding experience. Extracurricular activities, to Mr. Gal, was a major part of his Tabor experience. He said, "Building the good habit of regular exercise served me well into college and beyond." We also discussed cultural shock, homesick. And ways of bridging cultural gap between international and domestic students. You will also find answers for what kind of experience did you get at Tabor, how to bridge across international divide. By all means, we hope you enjoy listening. Hi, Mr. Gal. Yes. Can you hear me okay? All right. How's everyone tonight or morning, rather? Hi, Mr. Gal. My name is Grace, Grace Hu. I'm a sophomore at Tabor. I've been here for one year. I returned to China because of COVID, and I was living in Lillard. I'm not sure if that、mm-hmm. dorm was there when you were studying Tabor. It's there. It was there. Yes. Cool. Hi, Mr. Gao. I'm Maggie. I'm right now on campus, so my background might be like familiar to you. <laughs> oh wow, you're still on campus. Okay, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm Mr. Gao.、Um, I'm Alicia. I'm from Beijing, China, and I'm a senior at Tabor. I've been here for four years. I lived in Lillard my freshman year, and then I moved to Baxter, and、uh, I've been in Baxter for three years. Awesome. All right. I was in Seoul for two years. That's a tiny, tiny. I don't know whether that's still a dorm, but、uh, that's Mr. Dan's.、Uh... Hi, I'm Jack. I'm also a sophomore at Tabor, and I live. In Williams, which I think is the best dorm on campus, I have to wear laundry, and it's very close to the church,、uh, to the chapel. And I just woke up, so I might sound a little weird, but I'm very excited to have the, have the, this conversation with you. Nice to meet you. So I'm Tan, and、uh, Tabor class of '98. I'm currently in Austin, Texas. It's、uh, almost eight o'clock. Eight o'clock p.m. Here,、um, we're one hour behind Tabor. All right, let's begin.、Um, the first question we prepared,、um, and also we are curious to ask, is how、um, did you learn about Tabor, and what prompted you to choose Tabor? Because in the 1990s, international students, especially mainland Chinese students, who choose to study abroad, were very、um, were mainly postgraduates. So the upsurge of going abroad for undergraduate studies was not yet formed, and at that time, what did you choose to study in U.S. for high school? Excellent question. Excellent question. So I shared the some thoughts、um, with、uh, with you and、uh, Alicia,、uh, so that I can uh, uh, gather my thoughts. Right, it's been twenty plus years, so I'm trying to like refresh my memory here.、Uh, really, it was through a, a family friend, a, also a Tabor alum. Uh, Didi Nickerson, class of '84. That's how I learned about Tabor, and she really helped me throughout the entire process, from even application. And I did not visit Tabor before I was enrolled because of、uh, just visa issues and other obstacles. I was still in school in China at the time,、uh, so it was hard to take time off to you know travel and so on.、Uh, 
Um, I think I only applied to like two or three schools and uh, I got in Tabor, so that was it. It was a fairly easy choice. Cool. So I'll Loon help you sort out all the process. Yes. Awesome. All right, I'll pass to Maggie. Okay, so um, as an international student, when you first arrived on campus, is there any cultural shock um, that you experienced that you can share your stories? Yes, there are a lot. And uh, I'm not sure which one qualifies for cultural shock versus just shocking in general, right? I think a couple of things I listed was um, one was just the campus itself, right? There was no visible walls that I can tell. There's no gates, no guards, like, and anybody can pretty much just walk on campus, right? And, and the streets just go through a town as well. So that was very interesting. I think all the schools I went to in China, you have a walls, you have gates, people check your IDs and whatnot. And it's, it's very different. And then, um along those lines uh you, the curriculum is very different right um i'm sure you know this in china you, your your class consists of 30 40 50 kids and you sit with them day in day out for all the courses right so you don't rotate the teachers rotate right but the the a paper right all the classes the students rotate <laughs> right the teachers stay in the classroom and then depending on which course you pick, you have different classmates, so to speak, mm -hmm. right? which is very much like how college undergraduates are, are structured. Right? So that was another one. And then we could pick electives, right? Like I didn't have that choice by back home, right? And um, the electives are very interesting. Um, and then they, there's also a dedicated time for extracurricular activities, which was a luxury back in China. You're just studying all the time. Uh, you really did not yeah. have time for other things, right? Because of so much pressure on taking right. tests and so on. So there are a lot of things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, just everything was new. I think everything was new at the time. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So like for my personal experience, I repeated my mm -hmm. freshman year. And like classes here are really in small groups and um, like American schools really pay much more attention on sports than we had before. So um, other than academics, like for daily lives, yeah. um, I bet you you really feel inclusive by like the international families. Um, is there any difficulties or? Uh, I think the difficulty initially was just um, being away from home. That was tough. I never left home. I was never in a boarding school before. Um, so that was tough. But I, I think I got over it like first six months. And then it was the language barrier that also was tough in the sense that I was trying to... Um, so I repeated my junior year. I was already done. Like in China, I have one more year left, right? So technically the senior year. Uh, coming over here, I realized I was told that the junior year grades are fairly important for college admission reasons. And so I repeated junior year and uh, I was trying to keep up with the regular classes, the regular English. At the same time, I was also taking the ESL, the English as a second language course, which is unusual at the time because most international students or non-native speakers, I should say, 
start with ESL, you know, you get through that program, and then you transfer over to the regular English program. And sometimes you start one grade below. Like in my case, I will be starting at sophomore English, and then sort of catch up over time. Um, so, but I was, I was, I was not, I was trying to, because of the time crunch, right? I was um, trying to keep up, keep pace with my peers. That added additional pressure, right? I was spending probably, you know, most of my time just on English, honestly. Like other courses are fairly straightforward. And also the technologies back then were very different than what's available today, right? I, I mentioned um, there was no, well, there was internet, yes, but there's no like, there's no Google, for example, right? There's Yahoo. And I had a, literally had this like thick dictionary, this paper one I use like every day, I'll look up like 100 to 200 words by hand, right? Um, also, when I started classes, I got permissions from the teachers to record their classes. And then quickly I realized that's a bad idea. It's a bad idea because I could not process all the recording. It takes at least like three times as much time to actually listen back to the playback, right? And then like try to understand and repeat, and then you've missed something. It's just too time, too time consuming. So I eventually gave up and just try to, you know, learn as much as I can. If I retain seventy percent from the classroom, that's fine. Just be it, right? Just keep going. Um, so that was also tough. But I think the first semester was really tough. After that, it was uh, kind of uh, okay. Yeah. It's also tough for us. Like I have like honor English class right now, like writing essays, like it's tough, but we have like office hour right now so that we don't have, like if we have question in class, we can just like save it for office hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I'll just pass on to my next fellow. Okay. Sorry. Um, so my question is, what do you think is the biggest change Tabor has brought you? That is a big question. That's, uh, um, I think it's just in many, many ways, it just completely changed my trajectory, I think. All right, so uh, back, back home, when I was in China, I was really good academically, and that's pretty much the only thing I focus on. Um, but here, I think it's more well-rounded, right? So for example, I, I started doing sports, which I would not, time to do in China. Um, I also took very interesting electives and that really broadened my horizon, I think. Uh, just random courses you wouldn't think that's useful. Like I took a class in world religion, um, which examined the major religions around the world, right? Uh, that's very interesting. And then there was another elective um, called Shakespeare in film. So essentially we took the uh, readings, like for example, like Hamlet, right? their film adaptations of the, of the uh, play. And then we would compare, you know, five different versions of Hamlet, the same scene, right? And then try, try to analyze what the directors actually meant, how they shoot that scene a certain way, right? So that was very, that really opened up my, my mind to like how to appreciate movies, right? As opposed to just look at the actions and all the special effects, right? You're actually looking at it from a, I guess, professional angle. That was also very interesting. That's amazing. Um, I'm a, I'm going to college for a film major, so I wish oh, wow. had that class right now. Um, yeah, it was a, it was an elective taught by um, uh, faculty probably retired by now. But, uh, mm -hmm. And you mentioned that um, you um, 
did a lot of sports or extracurricular. What did you mm -hmm. specifically do for sports at Weber? Yes, it's very interesting. So my first year there, we also had a new uh, football coach. And uh, he literally had a list of all the boys of Tabor. Right? He went around the dorm, knocked on each door, and recruited them for the football game. So, of course, I was like, you know, asked to try out, but I was so skinny, I can't do anything else. So, he said, okay, you can be the manager of the team. And so that's what I did. Yeah. And so, uh, it was um, Dr. Anthony Kendall. He left, I think last I heard, he moved to Colorado and he's um, principal at a boarding school over there. That's what I heard. And um, you mentioned that in your notes that you did a lot of exercise or you go to gym. Do you have a gym buddy at the time? Oh, no. So the other thing I did was a uh, crew, the rowing. And that's also a new, new activity I got in. I don't think it's offered in uh, maybe it's offered in China somewhere, but uh, it was a uh, fairly rare. So I tried that out. I actually did a few seasons uh, on the team and went to races and so on. That was very interesting. Um, we had we used to have these morning practices. I'm not sure if they still do. Basically, it's five a.m. You're on the water, and it's cold, and so like, you, you can barely get up, and it's it's cold, and you're hungry, right? <laughs> and then you you work out for like two hours and then you get to uh have breakfast and shower and change and go to class and then you just fall asleep it's so it's just so tired right um and then so that was a very good good experience i think there, there was a sense of team uh, right because unlike other sports in, in in crew like you have nine people nine, nine guys on the boat right um it it doesn't really matter if one is particularly strong, right? You really need a balanced team to move the boat forward. All right. So I think that was very interesting team sports. Yeah, it is. Me and Maggie are both on the crew team, and I've been in the crew team for four huh. years. So I've been to a lot of morning practices. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I just had practice this afternoon, and it's my second time on the water. I totally agree that like muscles don't matter. It doesn't matter. Techniques really yeah. matter. Like you need to get the catch and then, right? Yeah. 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 And we had, um, I think we had a five mile run every week. Mm -hmm. I ran six miles last week. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was time too, right? And then there's the, I think there's a 10K on the erg, erg, erg machine every week or every other week. Anyway, it was a very good experience. I really enjoyed it, even though I was very not very good at it. But it was it was fun to participate. Yeah, did you feel that the coach play a very significant role in helping you to be skillful? In this For part? you're talking about the crew, right? Yeah, the crew. You're like your team members and the coach. Yes, I think it really makes a difference because everyone was friendly and accepting right people don't question hey you're skinny therefore you are not fit to do this right there's there's none of that um, it's more like you need to show your performance show your dedication and then um, your teammates would actually appreciate it yes showing dedication um what was the crew coach's name if you recall it was uh mr osborne I don't, I don't know whether he's still there. Again, this is like 25 years ago, so. 
I, I'm still in touch with uh, a few Tibur teachers, even after all these years. I met with uh, Mr. Pierce a few times, um, who just retired last year, I believe. And uh, I took uh, AP Physics from Mr. Pierce. And um, um, I, I know Mrs. Pierce, but I never took her class. Um, I've taken Mrs. Pierce class once because um, uh, my French teacher, his wife was giving birth to a newborn baby and she was here for one class. She was an amazing teacher. Um, it's, uh, it's very good. Mr. Pierce came out to Bay Area a few times. So we had you know, lunch together and just catch up. Um, also Mr. Dance, of course, uh, lots of uh, interactions there. Um, also Ms. Kelly, Louise Kelly, who taught uh, European history. She retired a few years back. Um, she, she was also Didi's uh, academic advisor, I believe. Um, and then I don't know if Mr. White is still there. I took his, uh, it's interesting. Mr. White works in the finance office, I believe. And uh, I took his uh, linear algebra and differential equations classes. There were only four of us in the class. It was very exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to ask you some questions that are about what you like to do at Tabor. So obviously, you know, boys nowadays tend to do silly stuff when they are when they have free time. And I want to know if that's also the case when you were at Tabor 25 years ago. Uh, let's see. I, it's hard to remember. Um, I spent a lot of time working on my English. That's for sure. On the weekend, occasionally there will be trips to nearby cities like Boston, I think Providence that's arranged by international office. Uh, Mrs. Sonnenstall, I forgot to mention, uh, who also retired. And, um, Occasionally, we have uh, American families, that host families, that will invite me over for you know, dinner or events and so on. Um, and then there are uh, games on Saturdays, right, for uh, football team, we would travel, for crew team, we would travel. And then uh, Sundays, the laundry day, I got to do our laundries. Um, never did my laundry back home, right, so it's all on me. Uh, and then just, uh, I don't know, it's hard to remember because I didn't, there was no internet at, in a dorm, right? We had a payphone. The one you use coins, you put in coins, right? Those are like antiques now. Um, you, if you need to use internet, you gotta go to the library. We use library, there was iMac at the time um, with no Chinese input, of course. So I was writing letters home uh, in pinyin, all in pinyin. And I knew how, how good my pinyin was. <laughs> <laughs> I can write the whole essay, entirely pinyin, like pages, pages of pinyin. Um, until I got to college, uh, there was Chinese input, right? Um, there was it. I didn't have a car at the time. It was really hard to get off campus um, unless someone else drove. Uh, I remember going to nearby uh, towns for Chinese buffet, and that was really good in the sense that I missed the home cooking, but food quality is not that good. It's just like you, you long for Chinese food so badly, like anything will just work. Is there any Asian restaurants nearby at the time? Not within walking distance. 
And also, you're not supposed to go off campus without permission. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Cumberland is the boundary. That's where we can walk. That's where you can walk to, basically. Even the general store in town is um, outside the boundary, I believe. Mm. Again, this is like an invisible boundary. Right? You just need to know where you're not supposed to go across. <laughs> Was there a lot of international students at Tabor at that time? Uh, I'm trying to remember. There are probably 60, 70 total out of um, five, four, 450 maybe. Um, there are quite a few countries represented. Mm -hmm. So I was the only one from mainland. There are people from Hong Kong, Taiwan, um, Japan, South Korea, Germany. We had a bunch of exchange students from Germany. We have the students from Thailand, including the Thai scholars. And there are the regular scholars and the king scholars. Different ones. Um, Turkey, because one of my uh, crew teammates is from Turkey. Uh, Romania, Italy, um, England, I would say. I have the airbook with me, actually. I can you know, technically go through. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a fairly sizable presence. It was more diverse than I thought. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And um, uh, we have annual events organized by international office. There's the international lunch or dinner. I can't remember. We're supposed to cook, you know, food from back home and serve in the dining hall. Um, I'm trying to remember whether there was like cultural day or something where you can introduce your local culture to the domestic students. Um, yeah, it was fairly, fairly diverse. And then whenever there are holidays, right, all the international, most of the international students are stuck in campus, right? Um, so uh, unless you have a American host family, in some cases, they will invite you over for stay a few days. Um, I'm very curious to ask if you think that like your junior year and senior year were very stressful, especially like you're planning to go to a university in the United States, is that the case? I, maybe, I say maybe because um, I start with junior year, right? I didn't have any frame of reference. So my frame of reference is junior year. <laughs> Had I started as freshman, okay, maybe I will say freshman is kind of relaxing, right? Um, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely tough, right? I think it's, it's just trying to cram everything like adjusting to a new environment, trying to adjust to language and the culture and try to keep up the coursework and to deal with homesickness and, and so on, right? Um, I think it just, it was very, it was stressful in that sense, right? It's very time, time is very much crunched, um, but they turned out okay, regarding schools and, you know. But then again, you're not doing anything else, right? Like <laughs> that's the only thing you don't have to worry about the family, paying mortgage and get a job, not yet, right? So. You have all the hype. Yeah, I was going to ask, uh, I'm like super curious, like um, how did you like contact with your family? Cause like there's no Wi-Fi. Like I don't think there's WeChat at that time. Yeah, no, no. How Excellent. did you just call your family? Even call was very rare because um, 
A, it's expensive. B, I don't think the phones in my in the dorm room, you can use that to make international calls. Mm. Um, so I should write letters by hand and it takes like a month, right? It takes two weeks to go there and two weeks to come back. So that's why I used the pin to write email, mm. but it's still different than writing the actual Chinese characters, right? Um, that's kind of how we communicate. I didn't have a phone, a smartphone. There was no smartphone. Okay, iPhone came out like, 2007, right? I looked it up yesterday. So um, it was a different era, but I, I don't think that's a disadvantage, so to speak, right? Um, now that we have all these instant messaging apps, I'm not sure if it's better off. We're better off, right? I feel like it's oftentimes we're probably more stressful because you know anyone in your circle is one click away, yeah, right? And, and sometimes because of that, you do not actually actively reach out because you think, oh, whatever, I can just call him or her, mm -hmm. it's easy. And then you don't end up doing that. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a different challenge today. Yeah, that's tough. Like, you, like for me, if I like, I have like academic struggle or like difficulties, like, like I'm dealing with my relationships, I can just call my mother and like ask her for advice, but yeah, that's tough. And it's also different because I was the first one in the family to study abroad. Again, there was no frame of reference. Like I am the frame of reference for all my, <laughs> all my cousins. <laughs> um, so it was, uh, right, if you're the trailblazer, right, it's, you just have to kind of uh, use your common sense. And you know, <laughs> everyone in your family is like super proud of you, like the first yes. time going abroad. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Do you still fly back to China often? Not as often as I would like. Um, so I actually I went went back more often when I was in school, because you have summer summer off, right? And then I started doing internships after college. Even during college, I was doing internships, and then graduate school doing internships. Then there's no time. There's barely any time. And the Lunar New Year never lines up with Christmas, right? So you can't go either uh, and now that i have a family i have you know i have a young daughter uh, it's hard to go back and now with covid of course you can't it's hard to travel um whenever you're back do you feel the since you've lived in, in the states for so many years do you feel the reverse culture shock yeah all the time <laughs> all the time right so i can share with you like the first time i went back well first of all first time i went back um I work at, at the Tabor summer camp for eight weeks, I think. And I went back for like three or four weeks. I was sick the whole time. And uh, I, I just didn't get it, right? I was in Xi'an, I grew up in Xi'an. I was there for 16 years. I was away for 13 months. I went back and I was sick. I, I, I don't know, my immune system is probably different. Um, and then, uh, you know, since then, I went back many times. I still meet up with my classmates, my old friends from back home. And it's very different. I, mean, I, I don't like the, the density of the urban environment anymore, right? After living uh, in, in an environment like Tabor, right? There was like, I think 5,000. The population was like 5,000 at the time, right? It's very sparse. Right? So when I went back to China, it's like, I, I just feel like people everywhere. It's, it's just too much stress for me. Um, so even when I'm home, I either just go meet friends, like point to point, 
and or I'm home. I, I don't wander around the streets. I can't. I can't handle the the, the stress of people. Um, also, it's interesting because I don't. Apparently, the locals know how to cross the streets, right? You don't look at the traffic lights. You look at whether there are other people crossing, and you go with them. So you have to relearn skills like that, right? Basically, being skills like that. Um, also, the I think the the way we think about problems. Uh, my, I know this is different. Um, my friends back in China and, and 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 how I approach problems sometimes really differ. Um, probably just because different environments we're in and how uh, whatever they experience and, and just doesn't quite align with my experience. Um, for example, they will think, oh, you came back from the US, so you must be so-and-so. There's a stereotype, right? They're trying to fit you in, right? That has to explain. It's not really like that. There's also other things. Or a common question, again, is like, oh, what about racial? Discrimination, right? That's a very common question, right? You know, do you feel that uh, and so on? So I, you know, I try to explain based on my experience, right? I'm sure, racial discrimination is everywhere, but personally, I haven't really experienced firsthand. Um, I don't know whether it's just luck or it's just some other reason. Um, so yeah, it's 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 different. Yeah, I was in like a typical Chinese middle school, so all my friends were Chinese. So after I came to Tabor and when I returned to China, I just feel hard to mm -hmm. just have conversation with my friend. It was just different because we think and we approach problems in different ways. And it's also because in that environment at Tabor, what we are accepting every day are questions and concerns about maybe racial problems or feminisms or a lot of local things that had that American culture, but in China, they had different things ongoing every day. So when I came um, back to China, then it is a problem for me to just have conversation with them because yep. I just didn't know what's happening. And yeah, that's yeah. kind of happened to me as well. First year, looking back first year, I was so hesitant learning, like studying. I didn't really pay attention to what was happening in the world. So the first time I went back and I was talking to people and, and apparently all these things happened, I did not know, right? Uh, so it was hard to have, have a conversation if you haven't, you know, hadn't read newspaper for a year, right? Um, and also there, mm -hmm. because of the um, probably access to different source of information, right? Uh, what they, my friends had access to back in China, um, is very different than what I can access here in the US, right? So even when we talk about the same issue, we cannot really align, right? Because what we, our understanding of the same issue is so different. <laughs> There's barely any overlap, right? Which is okay too, right? Yeah. Which is okay. Right, but um, the variation of information can also bring you new insights and conversation. Like maybe you can approach the problem differently. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Um, I was honestly curious, like, do you have any suggestion for the international and domestic students to help them build bridges across the international divide? Um, for me, my experience at Tabor, um, I just discovered, um, because we eat lunch in dining hall, mm -hmm. and when we are eating lunch, I oftentimes see 
like American students staying together mm -hmm. and international kids staying together. Mm -hmm. Usually it's just like um, two lines that never cross each other. Mm -hmm. I also um, see that you have responded to the question like, um, where are you from? And you said, initially you put effort into telling people yeah. about your hometown, yeah. but later then, then you started to reply Beijing because yeah. of some reasons. So just wondering when we are confronting such problems, did you have any advice or suggestion for us that we could make maybe solve the problem? Yeah, so for the for the dining hall problem, I think I think that's that was the case even when I was when I was attending Tabor. Um, I, I I don't know whether that's I mean, yes, that's a phenomenon, right? I don't know whether it's it's a problem, so to speak, right? Um, what I do know this is um, another thing that unites uh, another way people sit together is probably through sports. If they're on the same sports team, they will typically go to lunch together. You have this band of comrades with you, right? Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Depends on how you think about it. Um, I think for international students, it's it, it takes extra efforts to to break in, right? Um, and then there are multiple ways to do this. Uh, one thing I remember Mrs. Solenstahl told me was um, to kind of engage with domestic students, you really need to do things together. Right? So for example, you're on the same sports team, let's do things together. You're on the same, I don't know, community service team or music or arts performing. Um, you work on the same projects, you, um, go on the same road trip or whatnot, right? Some opportunities where you can interact with local students. Uh, so for me, it was working uh, through working in the summer camp. I met uh, a couple of American families, right? And then I developed, we developed friendship over time, right? I'm still in touch with them. Um, so each case is different. I think, you know, I, I will say be open-minded. Um, and then try to look for those opportunities uh, to kind of go over your comfort zone, right? And, and there's additional wrinkle here, which is if you are an introvert, I mean, I, I've been reading introverts, I'm an introvert, so I've been reading introverts. Apparently one in four roughly in the US, right? One in four um, is, is introvert. And, and for introverts, it takes extra, extra effort to socialize. Uh, with extroverts, right? Um, so that's, uh, it's just fact of life. Yeah, so I feel um, at last anyways, sort of introverts and extroverts can get into the culture and they could learn from that. Yeah. It's just a time problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just very curious, how did you overcome the food barrier? Because I think my biggest problem at Tabor is that I just can't get used to eating food in the dining hall. Like I know obviously we have like pretty decent meal services in our dining hall, but still I'm just like not used to eating pizza every day and I just get sick to pizza over like over time. And I just like developed a like a reliance on takeouts and from Chinese restaurants. So I wonder, like, because you obviously didn't have that sort of service, 
So how did you overcome yeah. this issue? Um, let me try to remember. Uh, I didn't have that choice. Um, I remember uh, we were not even allowed to have water heaters in our dorm room because it's the fire hazard, right? The, to heat up the water, um, to cook like instant noodles or anything. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not very picky either. It's just kind of like, I remember there are multiple choices when it comes to lunch. It's not, I mean, yes, they serve pizza every day, but there are other things too, if I remember correctly. Um, so maybe try something you haven't tried before. Uh, give it a shot, right? See how it goes. Uh, maybe you'll like it. Right? Worst case, you don't like it, you're not worse off. Now you know, right? Also, I think the the taste all changes over time. Right? Like for example, like when I was back in China, I didn't, I didn't like noodles. Right? I just like rice better. And now, like, as I age, right, I like noodles more and more. So your your taste also changes. Um, I also just tried a variety of things and uh, our food was pretty good back then. And then there was the, do they still have the uh, cafe where you can go to after study hall uh, to get like fries and things, but that's like late at night. So that's probably not a good solution long-term. Um, yeah, there was no option to cook your own meal, even if you're a great cook. I think a lot of international students learn how to cook in their dorms. Yeah. Um, and um, we're also really grateful that we have the option to order takeouts from, you know, like Chinese restaurants and other Asian restaurants, sushi and stuff. So yeah. that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big part of it, right? It's, it's, it's one more thing that reminds you of home, right? <laughs> Can you talk a little bit more about um, other activities that you like at Tabor or traditions? Um, like I know for now, a lot of international students may say, um, you know, going to Boston or Providence is their is their favorite ones because they can, you know, get authentic Chinese food there. Um, what is you, what was yours? Um, I like the chapel talk a lot. I think it's always interesting to hear different perspectives. And we sometimes have uh, international speakers, whether it's students or uh, the parents or families. Um, so I think that, that was a good one. And then I'm trying to remember the other, uh, I like baby days. Occasionally we'll get extra days off. That's always nice. Uh, but then you have to make it up like Saturday or something, I think. And then there are school performance as well. I'm trying to remember there's the, uh, the winter play or, or the winter musical right oh the winter musical yes thank you yes that one's good um i also did the uh the tabor boy uh summer camp that was very good um highly recommend it if you haven't tried uh, it's also uh getting up early and diving diving in like really cold water um that was good yeah those are some of the things i remember yeah, Terrible was also one of my um, favorite experiences at Tabor. And we canceled the baby date now, I think a few years ago, because there was there was a baby booming year at Tabor <laughs> in the early 2000s. So they just canceled that after that. <laughs> I see, I see. Um, as you're just 
out of curiosity, is your family with you in the United States right now? Nope. Oh, wait. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to, by my family, you mean like my your, own or like your, your my wife? Because I know your oh, no. your children is in yeah, the US. Yeah, yeah. yeah, my mom is here. Mom is here. Um, my dad passed away a long time ago. Uh, my mom is here. She came visit 2019 uh, Thanksgiving and then COVID. And then she's stuck. So she's been here for a year and a half now. She lives with us. Luckily, we have a big house, so she has her own room and so on. Um, she was also uh, with us in when I was in Bay Area for 17 years. She also came visit and lived with us there as well. Uh, my mother-in-law is also here, so we don't cook anymore. Uh, the grandmas take turns. We have home cooking every day, right? Can be that. Um, yes, and uh, as I mentioned, did I mention? I was in, so after Tabor, I went to Duke for undergrad. That's Durham, North Carolina. North Carolina. And then after that, I went to um, Stanford for graduate school. Uh, after that, I just uh, worked for two years at a startup and then joined Google. And then it's my 14th, 15th year. I just, uh, stayed in Bay Area for a long time until I decided to move to Texas two years ago. Great. Do you think going to, I mean, staying in the uh, U.S. is a trend for international students? I honestly, when I first came to the U.S., right, I was thinking I would return, right, honestly. I think it's different because at the time I was single. Right? I did not have any attachment in the U.S., right? All my families, all of the relatives, everyone's back home. Then over time, as I kind of finish my study and establish, start my career here, then it becomes less and less likely to go back, right? Because if I go back, I have to restart from the beginning, and then all my peers who stayed home will be way ahead. Right? And then after starting a family here, it's just really hard. After I have my daughter, it's kind of really hard to go back um, because she needs to go to school here and so on. Um, so the changes, right? For international students, I think the circumstances will vary, right? So in, in my class, for example, there are a lot of kids who came uh, and then they intend to return to their country because they have family business to take care of, right? hotel business or whatever. So they need to go back. Other cases like Thai scholar, by contract, they need to go back to serve their country for X years before they're free again. Right. And then there are exchange students who need to return to their home country after a few years. So there are different circumstances. Uh, in terms of staying in the U.S., right, I think really it depends on what um, careers you get into. Right. So, for example, when uh, during the 2008 financial meltdown, they all the financial institutions essentially stopped hiring. Uh, international applicants, right? So if you got an MBA that year, tough, because they stopped hiring. Um, so that also, the, the economic cycles also impact the availability of, of jobs, right? Uh, assuming you're going down the route of, you know, going, uh, acquire your naturalized, become a naturalized citizen through uh, work, right? Um, so it really also depends on the US policy, 
right? So for example, obviously right now, the US-China relationship is not at the greatest. So that also, that also influences how the uh, international students, especially those of you from China, right? How you can stay in the US and then further your study or start a career in the future. Yeah, this is just out of my curiosity. Um, may you tell us what do you do for Google? Ah, excellent question. Yes. I am a technical program manager. What that means is I help manage projects. Um, essentially, it's uh, for projects you can think of, we have a certain deliverable by a certain date with some constraints. Constraints could be the number of engineers available to work on your project. Uh, could be the technology you need to use, could be other things your customers demand, right? So my job is to make sure we have a plan. Uh, we can execute on that plan. And then if we go off course, we can uh, correct, course correct, uh, and hopefully hit that uh, target date, right? Uh, that's kind of what I do. Uh, when I first joined Google, I was a um, programmer of writing, uh, writing code software for a few years, developing tools. Um, I worked on Chromebooks actually for three and a half years, uh, testing their Wi-Fi. Um, and then I'm trying to think if I work on other projects. Right now I work on Google Play Services, which is um, an app that runs on Android phones. So if you use a Android phone that runs our software, um, so that's the team I'm currently on. So um, if you are to summarize your theory experience with three words, what would be these words and why? Three words, oh my goodness. That sounds like my interview questions. <laughs> yeah, because I think like um, the theory experience then I know could be very different, but like, I think like the biggest things are still the same that the community is obviously very inclusive and very caring and very kind to international students. So I'm just like curious, what is the general impression that Tabor gives you? And like, how would you express them? Yeah, it was really, like you said, right? It was really like a family. I just felt like a, being part of the family, right? And, and that was actually that, that sense of family stayed with me uh, even after I left, right? So for example, when I went to undergrad studies and graduate studies, I tried to look for a similar environment, right? A small group where people are caring, um, caring for each other, right? Looking out for each other. So family is definitely one of that. Uh, independence is probably another one, right? So this is the first time, as I mentioned, right? First time I'm, I'm staying away from home and uh, completely on my own, right? Um, just trying to get over whatever obstacles are coming on my way and uh, trying to figure things out and get help, um, uh, get help that I can. Um, and then third one's probably um, fun, right? I, I had a lot of fun going through the table, uh, doing all the activities, try different things. Uh, not all successful, but I think it's a good experience to try different things, right? Um, it really broadens your horizon. So do you think it's like worth it to go to Tabor? That is a tough question because I'm already biased, <laughs> right? So I think the, 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 the value 
of the education really depends on what the amount of effort you put into, right? Um, it's, it's, I think it's directly proportional in that way, right? It, it, yes, so I think it's definitely, it's definitely worth it. Um, and, uh, and everyone's experience is different, right? Um, I think I had, at least personally, I had a good time. Yes, nice to hear that you have a worthy good time, Chaber. And we hope that we could have that time after three or four years in Felicia, <laughs> not one year. That's wow. so sad. All right. Yeah, the second semester of senior year was just like, yeah, I know. By, right? You already got your admission letters, right? You just like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you actually, you're starting to show up to classes. <laughs> so. I think I've learned a lot um, from Mr. Gao today, and I'm really grateful for that. I never really thought, I really liked the opinion, um, the email story. <laughs> Um, I never really even thought about that because um, I've heard about my friends maybe graduate their, um, from a American high school like seven or eight years ago, ago and they, they just call back home from their phone um, that was available at that time even though WeChat was not available but that was and that just using email or even writing letters just never crossed my mind. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing. I'm so surprised that like there's so many common stuff. So we have like the crew team and it, it feels like it's, although it's in the 1990s, it's, it's like I can actually feel like if I were in that period of study, like being your classmate, it'd be like, a wonderful experience. Yeah, I just want to thank Mr. Gao for being honest in our conversation because I think you share a lot of personal experiences and also personal takeaways. And so thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Also, we are very happy to answer question if you have any. Yeah, I'm just curious, uh, you know, what you guys want to do and what you look out of your favor education. Is there particular things you want to go to? pursue after Tabor or what's kind of like, I feel like I'm disconnected with the youth of today, right? Because my daughter's only eight years old, so she's not there yet. But uh, what are people's top concerns? Like, I don't know, grades or? Um, for me, my top concern, I feel not necessarily my top concern. It's more like my current stage where I'm at. Because I'm looking for my future. I'm looking for my possible career. I'm still at a stage when I'm finding the interest because um, maybe I had just gone to Tabor for two years. So there's still, I still have time to navigate myself through everything. I was actually going to touch on that too, because I feel like a lot of Chinese students, um, they just don't really actively think about what they want to do in the future. And um, I feel like, especially like maybe like 25 years ago, um, a lot of international students, especially Asian students, they think their only options is to, you know, go into a STEM major. Um, but right now we have a lot of options. Um, I'm in a film major, which is not, you know, 
typical for uh, Asian students. And I know Maggie is really mm -hmm. interested in um, writing newspapers and going to media majors. So um, I think there's ample opportunities for us right now. And um, it's a trend going on that uh, all the international students are really grateful of. So uh, I think that's one of the biggest difference is like, although my, my Asian season and my Asian parents, they care, but they don't want to push me into thinking that, you know, STEM major is my only option. That, that's very good. Uh, thank you for touching on that. Uh, I was going to comment about that. Yes. So, so in my days, the options are very limited, right? If I want to, you know, stay on, actually start a career here, it's hard to compete outside the STEM sphere, if you will, right? If I, I don't know, if I were a history major, for example, nothing against history major, I'm already at a disadvantage as a non-native speaker. And it's just a lot of the cultural things you, you grew up as American, we would not have, right? Um, but I'm really glad to see that option, options are opening up to international students, right? Like STEM is no longer the only way forward, right? So that actually brings more diversity to to uh, to the world, right? Which is, I think is a great thing. Adding on, I think like right now teenagers are really creative. They might like want to change, like try different major after they watch a Netflix show. Um, yeah, that happens to me, and I just. I just want to, I just want to quote the word you said before in our conversation. Like, if you have something, you just give it a try. And that's, yeah. yeah I would just remember it in my mind. Yeah, I think it's 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 really the challenge probably today is just having too many choices sometimes, right? So back then that was very simple choice. You write a letter or you type in, right? those two choices. Now I have all these different options, right? which is a, a new problem, right? That, that you guys need to face. Yeah, sometimes there's too many choices given they have to learn how to narrow down. And because in maybe among all these choices, that there it's not only one choice that interests you, but a lot of them, and we have to take the time to get into yeah. them and to know what is our real passion. Uh, one more thing I forgot to mention is um, it's really important to find mentors in your life, right? Your mentors can be mentors for professional development, for your personal issues, for whatnot. You could be your family members, could be relatives, could be your friends, could be your teachers, advisors, whoever, right? Someone you look up to. I think having them, uh, I mean, access to those mentors are very important. I can tell you in my case, every time I need to make a decision, like switch careers, switch companies, switch job, I go to my mentors and kind of walks through, even if it's just walking through my thought process, right? Let them point out the, the, the parts I missed, right? The things I overlooked because all of us are not perfect. We all have blind spots, right? So have someone else to kind of call out this point, um, blank spots would help you kind of think more thoroughly. Thank you, Mr. Gao, for sharing with us. 
We very appreciate the conversation, and we believe that answers many questions and concerns for international students. This episode of Global Cast is produced by Grace Hu, Jack Xie, Obi Shalil, and Maggie Xu.